Good morning. I want to welcome all of you who are here in this space to worship this morning. And for those of you who are worshiping with us online, um, I never know where to look, but welcome. And thank you for joining us. I am Kathy Stengel, one of the pastors here, and I am very grateful for your presence on this gorgeous morning. So, may the peace of Christ be with you. Thanks be to God. Um, There are uh, just a couple of announcements that I'm responsible for. I'm not responsible for the content, but for sharing them. So, Vacation Bible School, coming up uh, the beginning of August, there's a sign-up sheet back there uh, for people to help in all kinds of ways, and so I invite you to do that. we're last week when we started making the announcements, it was the 4th of July weekend and some people are away and nobody signed up and I said um, that if nobody signs up then I'll be using my sermon time next week to walk around and invite you one by one to volunteer because I'm sure we can find something for everybody to do. Um, <clears throat> Mary Beyer, who um, from our congregation passed away, and there's going to be a funeral, a memorial service for her on the 23rd of um, July. Uh, next, well, it's the 23rd, it's a Saturday. And um, there's going to be a reception, luncheon, and uh, Luann Bannis, who is organizing the, the luncheon, um, needs help. So there's... Uh, things to sign up for back there in terms of setup and uh, bringing a dish to pass, not a dish to pass, a dish to offer, a side dish. So that sign-up sheet is back there. And the last um, announcement is something that we've been hoping for and waiting for, um, and I'm going to invite Pastor Jennifer to come and share about that. So last week I officially became a pastor. (laughs) This week I'm happy to announce that one of the jobs that I've been working on is the new pictorial directory for the church. So I have a sign-up sheet with times for you to come and get your pictures taken. There is a table out in the hallway out there. So after service, make sure you see me to sign up. We have Saturday hours, we have Sunday times, we have evening times. Um, We have something that should work for everybody. Um, So please come and see me so we can have all of your smiling faces in the directory. (laughs) Thank you. Good morning, everyone. And Pastor Jen did tell me, because I told her last night, I kind of prefer my 2001 photo, and she said, I will get you with a candid, so make sure you do go and sign up. (laughs) We, uh, I don't know if you've ever noticed that very often when we hear stories of people who have gone through very difficult things that can show gratitude, it helps us shift our perspective and lift our spirits. And the hymn that we're going to start with this morning is written by a Lutheran minister in the latter part of the Thirty Years' War, which is one of the most brutal wars in Europe. And it cost about 8 million people their lives over those 30 years. But yet, in the latter days of the Thirty Years' War, he was able to pen a hymn that speaks to gratitude and speaks to the hope of redemption. So I'm gonna invite you to stand as we sing, now thank we all our God, and move in to bless the Lord. Oh 
talking about blessings. And today, we talk about the impact of people and those God experiences in our lives. So I ask you to join me today in our call to worship. We remember Miriam, courageous and clever, to protect her family. We remember Jeremiah, who was not too young to become a prophet. We remember David, chosen in spite of his youth, anointed for tasks of the future. We remember Esther, born to such a time as this, resourceful in justice. We remember Mary, welcoming an angel, singing a song, bearing a child. We remember Jesus in the temple, insisting on the adult questions and the adult answers. We remember Jairus' daughter brought back to life and possibility. We remember Timothy learning from past generations but kindling his own call. We celebrate the gifts of all young people. We listen to them, learn from them. We expect much, and we pray for God's continuous grace in their lives. Thanks be to God. Amen. Good morning, church. <laughs> 10,000 reasons. 10,000 blessings, more blessings than we can possibly name. We know that we serve a God that is generous, a God that is good, a God that is loving, a God that gives so freely. And knowing that God has blessed us in so many different ways, we come now to the time where we share, time where we take some of what God has given to us and we use it for God's glory. However, we may use our gifts to touch different people, whether that's through our finances, whether that's through our time, whether that's through any other gift that God has given us. But now is the time where we share. So let the Spirit move in you, and let the Spirit move you, and share generously. We pray for blessings. We pray for peace. Comfort for family, protection while we sleep. We pray for healing, for prosperity. We pray for your mighty hand to ease our suffering. And all the while, you hear each spoken need. Yet love us way too much to give us lesser things. Cause what if your blessings come through raindrops? What if your healing comes through tears? 
Gracious God, we know that your gifts are poured out in so many different ways. But as we offer our gifts to you, please receive them with the love that comes with them and use them for the honor and the glory of your name. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. One of the things that comes to us in being in this space, whether we're gathered here in person or online, is that it becomes we instead of I. That we are a community together. We are people who share. And while we come to prayer asking God to be with people we name and situations that we are concerned about, Part of what happens in that is that we hold them together 
as opposed to holding them apart. God already knows. But we invite you to share prayer requests, prayer needs, prayer celebrations in this space so that we can walk together as a family of faith. And so I ask, are there prayer requests, needs that you would like to share with our family of faith? And you also can put them on the prayer cards and put them in the box if you don't feel comfortable sharing them out loud. Yes, Kelly? Walt Holmes will be having his heart surgery on Thursday, so certainly we hold all of you in prayer during that time. Thank you. Anything else this morning? Yes, Phil. Uh, Wow, congratulations. (laughs) If you didn't hear what Phil said, they have a new granddaughter, Evelyn. Carol Lee. Lee. Wonderful. And all is well? Good. Anything else? Oh, yes. So a blessing and hard. Uh, Becky Heidemann's friend, Barb, um, has accepted hospice care at this time. Let us be in an attitude of prayer. Oh, wonderful and merciful God, no matter our circumstances, no matter how we come here, no matter our state of mind, here we are. Some come carrying heavy burdens. Some come skipping in delight in the weather, in the season, in life circumstance. And you hold us all. You created us, gave us life, just as baby Evelyn comes into this world. You love us through all the stages and places. You wrestle with us when we are upset, angry, frustrated. You comfort us and sit with us when we are silent and sad. You go with us to hospital places, waiting rooms, and surgical suites, listening to our heartbeat, our breath go in and out. You help us in mending relationships, even when all we can do is mend ourselves. Walk with us, each of us, as a church, as individuals, as a community of faith, wanting to proclaim your word and do your will. Hear our prayers and love us, O Lord, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning's scripture lesson is taken from the book of Luke, chapter 1, verses 57 through 80, and Psalm 42, 1 through 8. It's a long reading, and the long reading means a short sermon. Just kidding, just kidding. (laughs) Um, So, here we go. (laughs) When it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby, she gave birth to a son, Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy, and they shared her joy. 
On the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child, and they were going to name him after his father, Zechariah. But his mother spoke up and said, No, he is to be called John. They said to her, There is no one among your relatives who has that name. Then they made signs to his father to find out what he would like to name the child. He asked for a writing tablet, and to everyone's astonishment, he wrote, His name is John. Immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue set free, and he began to speak, praising God. All the neighbors were filled with awe, and throughout the hill country of Judea, people were talking about all these things. Everyone who heard this wondered about it, asking, What then is this child going to be? For the Lord's hand was with him. His father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he said through his holy prophets of long ago. Salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show mercy to our ancestors and to remember his holy covenant, the oath he swore to our father Abraham, to rescue us from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God, which, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the path of peace. And the child grew and became strong in spirit, and he lived in the wilderness until he appeared publicly to Israel. The second reading from Psalm 42. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night, while people say to me all day long, Where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul. How I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the Mighty One with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. My soul is downcast within me. Therefore, I will remember you from the land of the Jordan, the heights of Hermon, from Mount Mizar. Deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls. All your waves and breakers have swept over me. By day, the Lord directs his love. At night, his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So how many of you have had a real life-changing event, a single act that affects your whole life and changes how you view it? So it produces a moment when you know that you'll never be the same, that day that changes the way that you think about everything. But what if we lived our lives focused on the fact that our life is a journey and our journeys lead us sometimes to a once-in-a-lifetime encounter with God. The word encounter simply means to run into, and running into God is the best thing that can ever happen to us. We need an encounter once in a while because only that encounter with God can transform us and give us that purpose and direction like no other. And our scripture reading today from Luke, we're reminded of Elizabeth, who was too old to give birth to a child, and carrying John Baptist, and giving birth to him way beyond her childbearing years. It's sometimes these large rites of passage that give us pause and allow us to approach God. It's a reminder that he walks with us through all the times and all the seasons of our lives. 
Approaching God requires both humility and courage. Humility to take an honest look at ourselves and courage to stand essentially naked before God and recognize who we really are. To accept that we are not gods, but creatures in need of God's love and his mercy. During the rites of passage in our lives, those graduations, marriages, illness, the birth of a child, death, we often take a step back and look at those blessings and those moments that have impacted our lives. Alexander Sojitsyn, a Russian novelist who won the Nobel Peace Prize for Literature in 1970, spent part of his life in a Soviet Siberian prison. At one point, he was so physically weak and discouraged that he hoped for death. The hard labor, the terrible conditions, and inhumane treatment had taken its toll. He knew the guards would beat him severely and kill him if he stopped working. So he planned to expedite his death simply by stopping his work and leaning on his shovel. But when he stopped, a fellow prisoner reached over with his shovel and drew a cross at his feet and then erased it before the guard could see it. So Jitson would later record that his entire being was energized by that little reminder of hope and the courage that we find in Christ. It was his God encounter. He found the strength to continue because a fellow believer cared enough to remind him that God was with him. It's in these moments that we see God truly at work. When hope is all there is, it's all that we need. The psalmist many centuries ago was left with only hope. He cried out, put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. When we turn to Psalm 42, it tells us what to do when hope is all there is. We thirst for those encounters with God. Sometimes in our lives, we don't understand what God is doing or the reasoning behind it. We're so based on our feelings, and there are a lot of things for us to be overwhelmed with. Worry, fear, faith, failure, rejection, finances, responsibility, the inability to do something. And the list could go on and on and on. We find even the psalmist had times when he was depressed and distressed. But God's presence can give us that encouragement we need. Those little faith encounters help us look above and beyond our circumstances. In these verses, we see that the constant reminder is that we put our hope and our faith in God that we worship him despite anything that we may face. God never asks us to understand. He asks us to listen and glorify him as we do so. He asks us to be mission-minded and to look at every opportunity as an opportunity to serve because there you'll see the face of God. The psalmist is a great example of the attitude that we should have he doesn't understand, but he chooses to hope in God rather than trust his fleeting feelings. He holds fast to the truth over his emotions. Our lives are but a grand procession of moments. Some of those moments take our hearts soaring above the clouds and point us to the heavens, and others descend on us with crushing blows that beat us to our knees and drain our hearts of all that we know that is good. Those moments are so hard. But we have those moments in between. Those moments where we etch in our hearts as our once-in-a-lifetime moments. Often we look back on the devastating sorrow. We see the tender moments interspersed with painful ones. We see how those difficult experiences draw us closer to those we love. We embrace deeper compassion and understanding for those around us as we watch them stumble and sometimes fall. Like never before, we see the way that God walks with us when we're least able and how Christ surrounds us with his love and prayers. We see how God's silent 
strength cradles our souls as he scoops us up in his arms and mends our broken hearts with his grace. Little by little, moment by moment, we see the good shining brightest against the darkness. Somewhere between the richest blessing and the most crushing setback, we recognize the presence of the eternal in each and every moment in our lives. God is constantly at work in our lives behind the scenes. And even through the toughest, roughest, most unpleasant times in our lives, God is always there. But sometimes we need to make sure that we are aware enough to see his hand working in our lives. Are we paying attention enough to be able to say, God, I know that was you. Throughout my life, it was pretty easy for me to identify encounters with God. Throughout school and college, I could easily pinpoint how God was working and moving throughout my life. Whether it was in my quiet times, my jobs, or opportunities, or something completely unexpected. When I would hear stories of people who could not identify where God was moving in their their lives, I couldn't relate. I didn't think any less of them or their situations. I just couldn't get it. As someone who tends to be overly optimistic and often downplays my negative emotions, I thought that if you couldn't identify where God was working in your life, that you weren't looking quite hard enough. And then I went through a time where I found where I got it more than ever before. I understand how hard it can be to hold on to the hope that God will move in your life when at first glance, it seems like he hasn't been there for a long time. If that big God encounter feels out of reach for you sometimes, I understand, but it's coming. God is always working and are waiting even when we can't see the evidence of it. I understand more now than ever that there are times when it's easier than said than done. But that doesn't make God's power and presence in your life any less real. There just might be times when we may have to look a little harder. So I want to share a story with you, and my hope is that through my story, you might be able to identify some surprising moments in your life as well. Many years ago, I was scheduled to have surgery. And the day before, I said goodbye to my brother and my parents as they left to go on a mission trip with our church. The morning of my surgery, I was really nervous, and I got into the hospital, and the doctor came to check on me and asked how I was doing. And my response to him was, never mind how I'm doing. How did you sleep last night? (laughs) I should have known then. I was taken in, and my surgery went horribly wrong. Several hours after they completed, I was delirious, and I had a fever of 106 degrees. I had difficulty breathing, and eventually coded. And through that time, I coded seven times. During that time, I was put into a medically-induced coma on a ventilator, and I was in it for two months while my body attempted to heal. I developed blood clots in my lungs, and the nurse called my family in and told them I wasn't going to make it. And there was not its place for them to wait overnight, and they had to go home. And we have a friend that's a nurse who found out that this happened and showed up at the hospital. And Sue guarded my family and didn't let them leave and didn't let the hospital throw them out. So while I was unconscious, my uncle in Georgia became sick and ended up passing away. The day before I woke up, I remember having a conversation with him while I was asleep. And he had robes on, and we were walking down a long hallway, and we were talking, and he turned to me and he said, everything's going to be all right. You're going to be okay. And I awoke to find the mess that my family was in, And my mom came walking in, and I said, Uncle Boots died. And she said, yes. That was my big God moment. That was what made me stop what I was doing and rethink 
the path that I was on. Those miracles are good. Signs and wonders are good. Prophecies are good. But God doesn't want you to just live off of those. All of those have to lead you to your moment, your encounter with Jesus. We all have our own expectations of what God moments should look like. We need a reminder that not all of those moments are big and grandiose. More often than not, they're small and simple and might go totally unnoticed if we don't look for them. A lot of my tears and heartache over the years have come from feeling like I was sowing seed after seed with no harvest in sight. Have you ever been there? Have you ever felt like you've been working and not getting anything from it? So you start to wonder if you're wasting your time and if you should get up and move on. But what kind of harvest are we looking for? I know for me, a lot of that comes down to things that are outside of me. The fruitfulness of my life does not depend on them, and yours doesn't either. The fruitfulness of our lives depend on the work that God is doing in each one of us. Because the fact that the Holy Spirit lives inside us each and every moment is a God moment in itself. And where does God do all this work in you and me? In those many moments, in meeting with friends, in coffee, in taking a walk outside in nature, in the big God moments too, but probably often in all of those tiny, small moments. It's those seasons of planting and sowing that God produces fruitfulness in us, even though sometimes we can't see the harvest of that fruit until much later. As John chapter 15, verses 1 through 4 tells us, it's through these moments of apparent fruitfulness that God refines us. I am the true grapevine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so that they produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. And here's the thing. I have faith that God will work in encounters through him. I have faith that God will show us the way. It's less often a matter of God doesn't say no as much as a matter of it's not your time yet. So if you're in a season of sowing with me, what can we do to make it better while we wait? How can we prepare for those God encounters? So I challenge yourself to ask, these three questions. How did I live for the glory of God today? Did I live for the good of others today? And did I take one small step to grow closer to God? If we center our life around the glory of God, the good of others, and those small steps, God will do the rest. He has goodness for our lives if we love him, if we love others, and we take small steps of obedience that he calls us to. And while God calls each of us to unique things through our gifts and our talents, he also calls us greatly to love each other. No small step of obedience that he calls us will have anything but a core theme of loving him and loving others. And the more that we love God and love others and live in obedience in the seemingly small and simple many moments, the more God will take our faithfulness and produce a fruitfulness in us that would be impossible for us to gather on our own. So if you're feeling stuck in a season of fruitlessness, remember this. 
God is working in your waiting. Even if you can't see it, seek him out in the small moments and he will produce a fruitfulness in your life that you could never do on your own. Spend time with friends. Stop and see neighbors. Stop and help people on the street. It's in those moments that we truly see the face of God. Please pray with me. Loving God, we realize more and more how much we need you to be the restorers of our soul. We need the living water from high to refresh our hearts and fulfill our spirits. Times are hard, and sometimes the pressures of life seem to encompass us. But we praise your name, and we worship in the fact that you are our shelter from the heat. You alone revive our weary souls. Keep each of us and those we love under the shadows and the guidance of your wings. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we come to a moment, come to a time when God moves in us and we are able to focus and experience God in a unique, unique way, let us ready our hearts as we come to the table of the Lord. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Almighty God, the creator of heaven and earth. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you, and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water in the Spirit. And on the night in which Jesus gave himself up for us, he took bread, he gave thanks to you, he broke the bread, and he gave it to his disciples, and he said, take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, he gave thanks to you, and he gave it to his disciples, and he said, drink from this. All of you, for this is my blood, sign of the new covenant, which is poured out for you and for many, for the forgiveness of sin. Every time that you drink it, do this in remembrance of me. And so, in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and cup. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. 
through your Son, Jesus Christ, with your Holy Spirit and in your Holy Church. All honor and glory is yours. Almighty God, now and forever. Amen. And now let us pray together the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Those serving this morning, please join us down front. table has been set and our Lord calls. You don't have to have done anything special. You don't have to earn your right to be here. You don't have to have made any special promises. All you need is to seek to commune with him because this is about Jesus' grace, not our merit. And so as the spirit moves, we will come from the front to the back and you are invited to use the the center aisles Come to the front, receive your elements, and exit by the sides. The server will break off a piece of bread for you. Please take that piece of bread and then dip it into the cup and take both elements together. If you would prefer prepackaged elements, they are available here, but we ask that you receive them from one of the servers. There's a gluten-free station here on the far side of the sanctuary. If that is your need or your desire, please go to that station. Now, please come as the Spirit moves.
God works all things for good according to his will for those who love him, even in the waiting. We're going to close singing glory to God, singing hallelujah, your love is amazing. I invite you to stand. those big God moments are coming if you haven't experienced it yet. But rejoice in those little moments, in the music, in the friendships, in nature. Go forth with the love of Jesus Christ. Go forth knowing that God is with you and he carries you each and every day. And go forth knowing that the spirit is in you and alive and work. Go in peace. Thank you.